the book of Ecclesiastes, which is somewhat of a challenge. It is considered to be part of the wisdom literature of the Jewish Bible and is one of five scrolls categorized by the Jews as holy writings. It is important liturgically as it is read publicly each year at the Feast of Tabernacles. The other four that are publicly read are Esther, Lamentations, Ruth, and the Song of Songs. The term teacher or preacher, <clears throat> depending upon translation, is used seven times in the book. In the original Hebrew, the meaning is one who assembles. The translation into Greek is ekleaset, thus the English Ecclesiastes. The identification of Solomon as the author is generally accepted, and according to Jewish tradition, he wrote the Song of Solomon's in his young adult years, Proverbs in his middle years, and Ecclesiastes in his final declining years. We learned in the book of Kings of his decline into idol worship, excessive involvement with foreign women, and wanton rejection of the early commitment to God. There is no evidence that he repented and turned back to God, but this book clearly leaves the door open to that possibility. I must remind myself and all of you of 1 Timothy 3, 15 and 17, which is quite clear that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful so that the man of God may be fully equipped for every good work. So, Solomon wrote what Holy Spirit directed him to write. And I quote in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 10 and 11, quote, The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote the words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and the nails firmly fixed are collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd, end of quote. Now let's catch that last phrase. They are given by one shepherd. So the book has some very definite scripture background. The book is, pre is presenting the meaningless of a life lived independent of God. It is unquestionably paving the way for the New Testament revelations by presenting the certainty of death it prepares the reader for, of, for God's answer to death and judgment by the gift of grace and eternal life through Jesus Christ. The wisest and richest man in the Old Testament found life to be meaningless and futile, so we must look to one who is greater than Solomon. That's in Matthew 12, 42. That would be Jesus Christ, in whom are all hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's Colossians 2, 3. In my opinion, the book is not for spiritual enrichment, but is designed to cleanse, a purging, if you will, of the natural man. It plainly illustrates the way that anything not identified with our God is utterly worthless. There is a special affirmation about being in awe of God, which I fear is sometimes missing in religious gatherings. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2, and I quote, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer sacrifices of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, 
where a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words, end of quote. God's house and worship is not to be approached casually. There is perhaps the warning not to treat religion or worship as something we manage just to administer. Chapter 1, the preacher gives his resume that Solomon certainly qualifies as an expert and meaningless. The, the term under the sun refers to living life from an earthly viewpoint. In verses 1, 12 through 16, Solomon says, I applied my mind. I have seen it all. I have tried it all. And I know what I'm saying. It's the pursuit of wind. Chapter 2, <clears throat> there is futility in life apart from God. He exerts himself to increase not only his wisdom, but also his wealth and achievements as in building the temple. He does give a positive endorsement to increasing wisdom as one will be better prepared for life. But in summary, he hated it all because someone else would get the benefit. Who can enjoy life apart from God? Chapter 3 <clears throat> concerns the cycles of life and all the injustices that humans do to one another. In this chapter, there is a well-known verse about the time to do this and the time to do that. In verses 3.11, it says, states, God has put eternity into the hearts. Time is only useful when directed by the Father. Everything God does will last forever. Finally, the positive statement about people enjoying their activities, it is a gift of God. Chapter 4 is about futility in relationships, the importance of companionship and the importance of never to stop learning. Chapter 5 and 6 outline the fear of God and the hazards of wealth. It is possible to strive and never be satisfied, but content with what God gives one on a note of introspection that God has appointed a day for each of us to die. You can see Hebrews 9.27 for that. The next thought grouping extends from chapter 7 through 9.18. through 9, 18. First, there is the value in a good name. Then he warns the reader not to spend too much time on trying to figure out what God is up to. Sometimes there is no answer to why. There is another urging to enjoy life with what we have. Refer to 1 Timothy 6 and 7. Chapters 10 through 11 portray the life as being short, so be wise in its use. The final section 12 to the end is a clear and very strong. Fear God and keep his commands. In my opinion, Henrietta Mears provides an excellent summary of this book. And I quote, God has given us in this book of Ecclesiastes the record of all that human thinking and natural religion has ever been able to discover concerning the meaning of goal of life, end quote. Mark said it this way in chapter 8, 36, quote, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul, end quote. The heart of the preacher's book is in the last two verses, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14, quote, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. End quote. May the joy of the Lord fill your day. Good day.